And we're live. Huh, finally. Mm. Well, so long ago we spoke to you, Hussack, by the way. I know, it's been a while. I know. But we're back. This is good. Yeah, I mean, we've always been back for people who listen, but... <laughs> You yeah, know. there's no, hopefully no difference. Just there. that we were really tired last time yeah. after the, at least I was after the second recording. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also, we, we sort of missed out. We probably missed out on some news that we should have been talking about in that episode, but yeah, it's all right. someone else covered it. We're good. <laughs> yeah, it was like four or five hour recording, I think. So it was pretty tiring. Hopefully today is only a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> famous last words. I do have some follow up though. Should we should we get straight into it? I am so ex- I'm, I'm I'm really <laughs> looking forward to your follow up here, Zach. Yeah, you kind of hyped that before. Yeah, you even trademarked it. Apparently, um, <laughs> very good follow up. The mm. very good is is trademark. No, um, I think I think I described it as the best follow up we've had so far. I think you and said the best follow up in podcast history. No, I didn't. I wasn't that dramatic. I'm, I'm Pretty sure, pretty I need sure. to find I'm this gonna... message now. Yeah, me too, me too. I said, okay, I'm excited for Monday. I quite possibly have our coolest bit of podcast follow-up yet, nerd emoji. I say that with great respect for all the follow-up items that have come before it. Okay, I interpret it as being the coolest in the universe, but I guess this will do. It's cool, but not that cool. All right. Does, does that does that count? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think my expectations are already are already lowered. Okay. <laughs> My <laughs> expectations are still ex- exceptionally high, so I'm I'm still interested. Okay, tell us, tell us, Zach. What's your good news? All right, sure. Can you go to my Twitter profile and tell me what my bio <sighs> says? Uh, so much work. I didn't know where to put work into this. <laughs> you right. got to work for the follow-up. You want to hear the story, you got to get the, the follow-up. Okay, okay. Did you so, win the Australian Open? Uh, maybe. Music, music critic. Mm, music, music critic. critic. Okay. 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 Um, so, uh, I guess this podcast received its first invite to a media event. Can I say what? that? I don't know. Yeah. Are you been um, holding this in until today? Yeah, yeah. It's been killing me for three days. Um, I, I couldn't tweet about this either. Like, I couldn't tweet that I, I was at this thing. Anyway, um, so if you remember what? last episode, what? What? yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Talk. <laughs> don't don't let. Don't don't feel interrupted by us shouting what and huh every okay. now and then. Just just keep going. That's that's coming with the with the topic. If you remember last episode in the yeah. things we like list thing, I forget mm-hmm. the formal name now. Uh, I was speaking about oh, man, uh, a band, a um, Stand Atlantic, and I mentioned that their Sydney show was sold out. Yep. So mm-hmm. when the last episode came out, I also tweeted about that segment of the show because I thought it's like it's something interesting and you know it's mm-hmm. something non-tech r- related and you know maybe some like random music person will find that and start listening to our show as why not like mm-hmm. you know tweeted mm-hmm. with the band in it anyway um, got a got a message from one of the band members uh, Mickey saying hey if you're free on Friday night come along to our show and what? as it awesome. so happened uh, I got put on a media list. Which is super cool. What? Uh, <laughs> you get a yeah, so special badge too. Sorry. Do you get like a special badge and everything? No, no. It was it was my name was on a sheet of paper, handwritten. Okay. With a that's, with a that's pen. That's still pretty pretty good. It's that's good. you know still pretty pretty cool. Um. Mm. So yeah, I got uh got access to this show as a as a media guest. Um. I was also able to what? bring a couple of friends along. So uh, shout out to Mickey because he um man he awesome. he sorted tickets for them. Um. He, so I, I picked those tickets up as well, which was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, who would have thought that our first uh, our first media event as a as a podcast was mm. a music gig? 
instead of a no way. tech thing. That's yeah. so exciting. I want to, on behalf of Zach, I also want to thank uh, Mickey and the, and the fans. <laughs> so that, that's really cool. I'm so excited that you get to go too. Yeah, that's yes, awesome. That was, that was like wild, um, out of the blue, but also super, super cool. So now I feel obliged to like spend the next couple of minutes talking about the show, I guess, because I'm a music critic now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but also in general, Apple Take Note, um, we spoke about a band once to invited us. We spoke about Apple about 30 times. Probably so 31. that means we're basically set for dub invitations, right? I think. Yeah. I think that's, that's how, how that works. works. Yeah, definitely. Apple, if you want to fly me over to the, the March event, I will happily come back and talk about it on the show as the first <laughs> thing that we talk about for the next week. Uh, and if, and if you want to make me sign an NDA, I won't even tweet about it until we get into the show. Like it can be a, a SoCast exclusive. Um, yeah. That's so, yeah cool. so I was very deliberate not to tweet about, um, not to tweet about where I was on Friday night, despite the fact oh, that I probably man. would normally tweet either before yeah. or after a concert because it's like a normal thing to do, but. Yeah, um, it, it was cool. That's um, so cool. Yeah. And Mickey is now, damn it, we invited a media guest. He didn't even tweet about Divin. <laughs> I, know, I know, I kind of thought about that. I'm like, ooh, maybe, uh, maybe I appeared ungrateful, but I will tweet about the show and <laughs> mention it on Wednesday because that was obviously not the, the plan. It wasn't to appear ungrateful. It was to be very mm. grateful, but to save the exclusive for the show uh, and, and the news for you two. So, yeah, I mean, I appreciate look, that. in the grand yeah, scheme of things, like, I was on. I was on a sheet of paper. My name was on a sheet of paper. Like it wasn't huge, but hey, meteorist. It was Who cool. cares? It's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's very really awesome. cool. Did you enjoy? Did you enjoy the show as well? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Stan's Atlantic were like really cool live. Um, pretty great show. Um, I enjoyed the whole evening actually. So they had a couple of support bands, and I think they picked the support bands really well. Um, the first support band, I have forgotten their name. Um. They're actually pretty good, and they even did a, a cover of a Fallout Boy song, which was really good to hear. Um, to hear a Fallout Boy song with Aussie accents, because it was like we're going down, down, and it was very, um, very Australian, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, Stand Atlantic were great. They played, uh, they played all the good songs. They even played that Coffee at Midnight song, bringing it back to the coffee mm-hmm. theme of this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you could tell they were super excited to be there. And I think, uh, I think everyone, I think everyone in the venue had a good, had a good time too. Um, which is also why I was in Glebe on Friday night because I think I sent you a screenshot of oh, where I was. I said, ah, um, you know, yeah. you, you're familiar with this area, but um, was that why you were starting to wonder why? Because because we guessed where you were and we were spot on. <laughs> was that why you started getting a bit concerned that maybe we know what you're up to? No, not necessarily. I I figured you probably hadn't looked at like anything else, but yeah, I was just in I was in town for dinner and um. It was actually across the road from uni, so... I gotta say, I, I, I played it cool on the iMessage, but I was incredibly <laughs> uh, excited that I got your your location spot on from a screenshot that was at least... I, I don't know, it was probably a kind a, a kilometer by a kilometer grid um, where you showed me your location. And I, I Yeah, it was pretty cool. You, you guessed the restaurant down to... Funny thing is that we've never even been to that restaurant. Oh, really? We've never even been, yeah. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Was supposed to, uh, it, it, I've been hearing good things about it, but yeah. Italian restaurants are not renowned for their great gluten-free options, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Well, the food was the pizza was pretty good, but um, the the highlight of that dining experience was the restaurant owner who was just overly enthusiastic. But it was he was hilarious. Um, so yeah, that was good. Went there and then uh, yeah. and then went off to the show and yeah, again thanks to me. So where was um, the show? Was the show in Glebe? It was in Ultimo, I. Think. Think it was sort oh, of yeah. just across the road from Sydney Uni. 
Uh, uh, no, oh, Chippendale. Okay. Okay. Chippendale is the is the suburb that mm-hmm. they give mm-hmm. on the address. But um, yeah, so it was at the. I don't want to get this wrong. The lands down because you're a music critic now. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. I, I can't get no, the facts wrong. Yeah, um, the yeah. lands yeah. down. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. Journalistic um, integrity. Yeah, of course. I've got to be accurate and fact check everything that I say. Um, you fact but check. But I don't need to fact check to say that Stan Atlantic put on a great show. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I do that for for free tickets. <laughs> that one doesn't require any checking. Look, I would have enjoyed it if I wasn't there on the media list, but. Yeah, being on the media list was was even cool. So. <laughs> yeah. But it also that means if anyone ever wants to sponsor the show, um, I think you want Zach to read the the, the sponsor sponsor read. I, I feel like that seems to <laughs> give you the most bang for the buck. Apparently, uh, <laughs> no, that's Maybe. really cool. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, so that was. And I'm surprised that, that cool. you were able to hold it till now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was kind of it was kind of cool because I was. Um, because when I was going back and forth with him uh, on Twitter, on Twitter DM, I was kind of just thinking, mm-hmm. oh, he was going to organize tickets um, as a sort of, you know, oh, you missed out. Here's some, here's some tickets. I can, I can get you and your, and your friends in. Um, but then he's like, oh no, you're on the media list, but come and pick up the tickets for your other friends. I was like, that's pretty cool. So, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, that was my, that was my follow up. Waited a few days to tell you. Um, I should point out, I didn't even know if I was going until about three hours before because he wasn't sure if he could get tickets so i didn't want to like tell you definitely ahead of time that i was going but then once i knew i was going i sent the message saying i have some pretty cool follow-up uh if you, <laughs> if, if you want to wait uh, so, yeah yeah that is pretty cool follow-up mm. i like that yeah all right exciting. let's see how you can surprise us next week <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's your pick of this week i'm so intrigued <laughs> I actually haven't decided yet. I wonder if that will change your 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 pick pattern. Oh no, 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 no! Got to got to like you know keep everyone interested. I can't can't pick a band every week, but <laughs> only the ones that have concerts within a week. So of course, yeah. <laughs> good, good thing there's nothing I want to go to this Friday. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, That's really cool. So, Marlon, you are mm. busy preparing your meetup talk. How's that going? <laughs> you make it sound like it's not going well. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm asking. I'm genuinely <laughs> curious because we haven't spoken. I should like just context. We haven't spoken about this for two weeks. So, yeah. for all I know, it's done and you put a bow on it <laughs> or you might still be writing. I don't know. Yeah, it's getting there. I would say I'm, uh, I think it's going well uh, overall. And I'm quite happy with the first two quarters of it or maybe first first two quarter and last fifth. I'm very specific now, but there's one part that I want to adjust a bit because uh, I think it starts out really good and I've been practicing it with Kai and he thinks it's interesting to listen to, apparently. So that's good. Uh, but there's certain parts that I found to be str- difficult to actually tie in. So I think we spoke about this last time that I didn't want it to seem too, like, too, I guess, to surface, I wanted to go a little bit more deep dive in it for people who are not, uh, who might be familiar with testing already. So it's about UI testing. And I do have this demo that just shows basic UI testing, but then I wanted to go into something like, um, 
data network requests and actually goes through how you can deal with that in your UI tests. And that was sort of where I started struggling just getting that in because I feel like it's such a deep dive comparison to the rest of the talk. And it is something quite specific, but it's applicable to like many different cases when you, when you're writing your tests. Um, so that's what I want to go through. And I feel like I'm getting there. Uh, I had a lot of codes in code in my, um, in my presentation first, and it felt like it was difficult to follow, but I've been cutting it down now and I think it's a lot tighter and it's, it's good. I think I cut out like 10 slides today, um, just in this section and it's much better. I think I just have to run, do a few run throughs and then I think I'm good to go. That's good. But, but I do feel like it's, I expected, I don't know why I expected that a talk about UI testing would be not easy, but easier than my previous talks. My previous talk was about um, software architectures. And I felt like that one was good and it was fun to do, but it was a lot of... Uh, it, it's it's hard to do a technical talk and get everyone engaged in it. You don't want to show too much code and you also want to make sure that like something like architecture is something that you... you it's quite... It can be difficult to follow if you don't have good slides for it. Uh, but I felt like I was able to to like to create that ta- that talk quite well last time but i felt like ui testing should be even it should be easier just because it felt like something i'm doing it's something very like visual and it would be good like it should it should be quite easy in that way but man i feel like it's so much harder because in order to talk about ui testing you sort of have to talk about your whole sort of workflow and ways of doing things in your day-to-day uh, like development process and it feels like it's harder to Wrap, wrap that story around um, actual like concrete tests and concrete uh, demos. Um, so it's been a bit of a challenge, but I think I'm getting there. What do you think, Kai? Uh, no, I, I agree. I think um, in general, I think it was good um, already. Uh, I don't remember when you did your your first run through, but I, mean, I think like that one was already ago. pretty good. Yeah. And since then, it's just been refining and. As you would expect with the refining, it got better and better as you kept refining it. So I do think of all, it's definitely going in a, in a direction that is very promising. But it's also, it is it is difficult because a topic like that is um, you have people that have no experience whatsoever and you want to be able to pick them up. But you also don't want to have nothing for people that might have either considered UI testing before or have done a lot of UI testing eye testing already mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard to find a gap of you want to pick up the people that know nothing and by the end you want to still go into some deeper top topics or deeper uh, methods of how to make your eye testing work in a in a real app so i think that is an interesting challenge that's very different from your your architectural talk where it's more you didn't. You didn't really have to pick people up and then go, go get somewhere deeper. You you kind of talk about the architecture, and people can pull out what they what they want out of that. So I think the the yeah. entire setup is a bit different this time, and I think that is a very different and unexpected challenge. Mm, mm, definitely, and it's harder to because UI testing. It feels like. I want to touch on a lot of small different things, but I also want the talk to be cohesive and tell a story. And I think that's where I'm. That was more challenging than I expected, but I feel like I have been working a lot of things out with like specifically, like especially with the pacing I'm having now. I feel like I am 
able to recognize which parts I should like talk a bit quicker in and which talks I should slow down in. And then I do have sort of this like, like a nice transition between the like UI test that I'm, that I'm showing and the more complicated sort of uh, data, um, data problems and the data mocking that I'm going to show later on. So I think I do have a good transition between those two. Um, but yeah, it definitely needed a lot more, I guess, polishing than I expected but I think I think it will go fine I'm gonna practice today and um, then at least once every day until the talk the talk is on Thursday uh, I just like to be prepared and like I think I tend to prepare for those things than more than other people but I just feel like that's something that makes me more confident on the day so I think it's worth putting the extra the extra time in this week and then I'll be done with it and uh, hopefully it's going well Awesome. How are you going for hmm. time length? Because I remember you saying it's only about 20 minutes or 25 minutes, something like that. But it sounds like you're trying to pack a lot in. Yeah, it's a little bit longer uh, than 20. Um, I think it's stretched up to 30 minutes, uh, oh, which wow. I think is okay. fine. That's good. Uh, I don't think that should be a problem just because there were some other speakers that are not going to be able to attend. Uh, and it was the format was changed since we spoke last time, I think. So we do have a few... Um, lightning talks instead uh, and because of that i think it's fine for me to go a bit over time uh, shouldn't be a problem i did i did give um, the organizer an estimation of between 20 and 30 so i don't think we have really a strict uh, timing that i need to need to meet so it should be fine um, i just don't want I, i'd rather want to have a quicker pace though i don't want it to be boring i think if you have an unlimited time people it can be a bit slow so i do still want to keep like a tempo and I think I think thirty minutes is good for like this type of topic. Cool. Yeah, mm. no, I agree. I think there's there's probably enough that you can talk about that you can comfortably fit thirty minutes and definitely not be too slow or too boring or anything like that. So it should be good. And will someone be recording this so that I I and others who want to watch it can watch it later? Yes, yes, I do. I will record the thing. Um, it's a bit tricky. Mm. It's it's the the setup there is not really. Um, for getting uh, the talks recorded. So um, we kind of have to improvise and I don't know how well it will work. So as yeah. in, um, I will have like a camera and then a separate microphone and that kind of is on the podium. So we'll see how that goes. We probably have a microphone that's not actually being emitted to the, um, to the lecture hall. It's going to be something that I'm just plugging into my computer to pick up my audio uh, and record it separate. So I'm not going to hold the microphone. Uh, and I think I, I'm just hoping that should be working okay. Um, the microphone I have is very good at picking. Not not this microphone, a different microphone is going to be very good at picking up the sound. So I think it will be fine. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned because I do. Yeah, we, we we just haven't really been doing this type of editing before. So I hope everything is gonna be. We're gonna be able to puzzle everything together afterwards. Yeah, I I think the puzzling will be all right. I think the problem is more. Uh uh, my my concern is the audio. I, I wonder how much of the audio we'll get. Yeah, cool. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think it will be good. Um, it's nice to see a few different more people have been RSVPing now, so it's good to see that there will be people showing up too. I always think it's almost easier to talk in front of a lot of people rather than like an emptier room. So I think that would be good. And also for anyone who who was still on the fence, I don't know if we have any listeners from Vancouver, but if you're still on the fence, there will be Xcode and BuddyBuild swag at at the uh, meetup. So if you're into swag and you're not sure about UI testing, 
might still be worth coming. Might still be. It is worth coming. But that's the thing. You you lure them in with the swag, okay, swag, okay. and then you then you surprise them with uh, important insights into how to do UI testing. Fair enough. Yeah, let's go with our strategy. Mm, cool. Um, Zach. Yes. I see that you have a MS Office and MAS note yes. here in our show notes. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about this? Because sure. there's also a question mark behind it. I feel like most of our show notes have question marks behind them. Yes, yes. But that's okay. <laughs> we can just talk about these things. And if they're boring, we can move on. Um, so this week, Microsoft Office uh, was made available on the Mac App Store, which... I'm really excited for because it means no longer having to use Microsoft's website to download it and no longer having to use Microsoft's updater tool to update the Office suite if you have that on your Mac. What do you use Microsoft Office for? I'm a uni student. I have to use Microsoft <laughs> Office. It's the, the lecture is like to use Word files and PowerPoint things. and But you can still open those, though, in things like Keynote. You can, but... Why would you give someone a Word file rather than a PDF? Yeah, that's a bit strange. Why wouldn't you give a PDF? Because uni lecturers and tutors like to use the Office Suite. It's yeah, but then you can know. easily yeah, okay. Yeah, but pe- people don't. Um, so I kind of ha- I know you can open them in like Pages, Keynote, and Numbers, hmm. but often compatibility issues um, will arise, and if I need to see where things are laid out, if it's like lecture slides then it's beneficial to have um, PowerPoint itself. It does really annoy me when lecturers upload their lecture slides as PowerPoint documents and not as PDF files, but mm. unfortunately, they still do. It's so, much, so. it's so much more portable. That's so much easier if they just convert everything. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the whole um, PDF thing has an advantage of being able to open it in other apps and then like doodle over the top of it so you can you mm-hmm. know, make notes and things like that but anyway sometimes i have to do that conversion myself and it's better to open it in powerpoint and convert out than to open in keynote and convert out because sometimes things look funny um so yeah i still use it uh i don't know do either of you two use it i'm guessing not by that reaction <laughs> no okay no uh, no but I do also I'm have to use Outlook I... for work, I should mention. So it's not entirely unique. Yeah, but, I did. That's yeah. true. I did use to use Outlook for work, but not anymore. Nice. Yeah, no. So, no, yeah, anyway. Overall, I, yeah, I prefer just opening things in... Or I don't prefer opening things in pages, but I prefer using it. And now, yeah. I think at work, most people have... Um, I think it's very, very few people who don't have a Mac at the moment. So oh, nice. I think that's fine. We do use Google Docs and stuff like that, but that's a different story. Yeah, no, fair enough, but... Yeah, so I do have to use it from time to time, so I do keep it on my Mac, and yeah, it's nice to have it on the Mac App Store. Um, it's very, very seamless to update, uh, downloading, it, hitting the download button on the Mac App Store, just installed it over the top, like the versions of um, PowerPoint and Word and all that over the top of the existing installations that I had, which is really nice, and yeah. You know why, why weren't they available on the Mac App Store before? I don't know like the, the proper answer. Um, I could speculate that there's some i mean it's very likely that it's uh related to apple taking a cut and microsoft not want to wanting to share that cut yeah because these are now Mm, available as in-app purchases right the office subscription i think oh that's how it works okay 
think. I, I thought I saw something about that, but I'm looking at... Oh, yeah, it does have in-app purchases. So, yeah, you can okay. buy Office 365 Personal, Office 365 Home, and Office 365 Solo. I don't know what the difference is. Um, on the Mac App Store now. <laughs> Isn't that so Microsoft? You're like, oh, you can buy it now. I have no idea what any of those options mean. Mm-hmm. I guess I take the cheapest one. <laughs> Oh, speaking of things that we don't want to buy, so I mean, <laughs> man, uh, this this week is exciting. No, Woo! no, like, you, I don't know. And speaking of microphone, Microsoft. So you know how uh, Microsoft acquired, um, how they acquired GitHub quite recently. Yes. yes. Have you noticed any change since they did this? Uh, there was a recent change, wasn't there? Everyone gets yeah. uh, the whole the previously premium feature or pro feature of Mm -hmm. unlimited private repositories is now not the case uh everyone gets it's not a just a pro feature uh everyone Mm. now gets that which is really cool so did Um, you stop paying for it now uh so i'm on a student plan which i either paid almost nothing for or didn't pay anything for i can't remember if there was a small fee um but yeah so i've still got that for the next year at least no github github is free for students okay yeah so there you go. I haven't hasn't changed anything for me, but yeah. What are the advantages to paying? Yeah, so I was thinking, look at this. I don't have to I don't have to pay anymore. That's good. I mean I didn't mind paying for it before because it's something I'm using every day. But I was like, okay, I should probably stop paying that because I'm not gonna use any of those those special features. It seemed like most of the features were related to um related to public no contribution to private uh, repos. I think contribution uh, by okay. other people. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I don't, I don't really need that. That's fine. I can probably stop, stop with this. I didn't read exactly what's gonna go away if I do su- cancel my subscription. I guess so. I was like, okay, that's fine. If I miss something, I'm just gonna pay again. Turns mm-hmm. out, um, GitHub Pages is something you have to pay for. Ah, uh, okay. I didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my website is running on GitHub Pages. So mm-hmm. right now my website is down. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's not currently running on GitHub Pages. Yeah, it's not currently running. Uh, I will by the time I release this, I have, will have been paying for it again and got it up and running. But I did think this was a bit weird because there was no mention of this in like the overall benefits of the plan. Um, so it was a little bit strange, and I would think maybe like. In that case, if, if you, if you do change a plan like that, it would be great if, uh, if they detect that I actually use one of the premium plans or premium features, um, like, like the pages, it would be great if they inform me about the fact that uh, my website will go down before I unsubscribe for this or before I move to the free plan. But apparently not. I think honestly, uh, you're probably better off finding a different place to have your website because $7 yeah. is a lot of money for, for just yeah, hosting. Yeah basically static html um, i agree and i think that's why i ended up that's why i went with gate pages before because i thought it was good that it was using markdown and i could easily port it but that was the thing right you you also there was just a, an added bonus like you got that as a bonus because you wanted to have exactly, a pro yeah. plan anyway mm. now you're paying seven dollars which is more than you would pay anywhere else to to host this jackal uh, thing. Yeah. Plus, yeah. So, if you host it somewhere else, you can use your own domain and still use TLS. That's true. Yeah. So I have been thinking about actually moving away from it. I am thinking of paying for one month just so that I get it up for my talk because I mean I don't write often, but it's good to have something if people if people search for me. So I was thinking that I should probably probably pay for it this month and then move over to something else. But yeah, I should have been reading the fine prints before unsubscribing to this. Um, 
just for the let you know, Zach, or any listener, if you use Pages, um, it will go away if you unsubscribe and move to the free plan. Thanks for the heads up. I can't find it anywhere. I I try to I try to see where where it would imply that that goes away. I can't find any place where it says that. Yeah, if you go to your actual repo where the where you have your GitHub page, um, there will be information in there saying that you, <laughs> you that you don't have it at the moment and you have to pay. So that's mm. nice. Mm. Mm. Microsoft. Mm. No. Speaking uh, of large companies, yeah. do we want to talk about the uh, everyone's favorite new logo? I was thinking about that, but I thought maybe it's been too. Do we really care? <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. that's the most say, like, important question. Yeah. Do yeah. we really care? I think the bigger thing is what you mentioned on Twitter, Kai, the fact that they actually wrote app button. <laughs> I think that's the yeah, bigger that, crime. That I do care about. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Just open, just open mail by tapping that app button. Uh, what? That's what, what those about? icons on your home screen are. App buttons, yeah. right? Not icons. Not yeah. icons, Zach. So some context there. The whoever wrote the release notes for the Slack update um, is now fired. <laughs> that the app button had changed, not the app icon. The app button. Mm. We all know what an app button is. I don't even know. Like I'm just thinking. Like, is there any other platform that uses app button as a like a, a, as a as a description? But I don't know where this would come from. But it also it's it's such a weird. I don't know. Is that a way Slack internal? internally refers to those yeah. things is that a thing that because is i a- would think during the design process someone would have said we're gonna use we, we're gonna design a new huh <laughs> like a new logo a new icon a someone new, knows like, it's an icon you know surely. i don't think they would have referred to it as an app button throughout the whole development process of this new uh, of this new design so it's I don't know. It's, Some it's like, manager said app button once and no one dared to, to correct him or her. So now everyone's like, I guess it's app button yeah. now. It's like when you, yeah, when you hear people saying iPhone XS, uh, iPhone XS, and you just have to, have to cringe and just hold it in. You shouldn't correct people because Apple was bad at naming stuff. I, I mean, in general, I, I, I wouldn't. I try not to correct people with those kind of things because it's That's what you know I'm some like, people care more about it than yeah. others, and if other people don't care, why would I, you know, why would I kind of force my my kind of particulars about naming products the yeah. way they're supposed to? Um, and I think, but Apple, I try to men- say it myself. So I rather yeah. say, "Hey, how do you like your iPhone XS?" Even though they refer to it as XS. Yeah, and I think if Apple names it with an X. Like le- letter X, I think it's it's sort of understandable that people are gonna use the wrong words. So I really, really don't mind it either. I'm not really pointing this out anymore. Like you said, Kai, it's sort of up to everyone to say what they want, and I think as long as we understand each other, we're we're, we're fine. Yeah, I mean, macOS X. It's Apple's not new to to struggling with their naming and wh- when to use uh, the letter X and what it should be. So. Like 10 code. Uh, yeah, mm. I, I think. Maybe Apple just missed that. Now everyone's saying macOS and no one's getting the X wrong. So they're like, we need a new product with an X that people can <laughs> mispronounce. So that's what we have. But so this whole this whole release notes thing raises an interesting question that are release notes important? Um, personally, I, I think they are because I think it's a nice attention to detail. But if you think about it from a business point of view, 
hardly anyone is going to read those release notes. You know, most people have auto updates on surely these days. Um, I think it's uh, us in, in our community, we care about release notes and we read them and, you know, we post the funny ones on Twitter or whatever it might be. But really, how many people looked at that and thought, oh, that's wrong? And, you know, how many people outside of us as iOS developers who do read release notes for the apps that we have on our phones? I don't know. What do you think? I, I In general, I struggle with that, right? Um we we had that discussion uh, a few days ago, uh, not during the podcast uh, with with some people. Um, I feel like we we have this tendency of only doing things now that that increase revenue for companies and not doing things, uh, doing the absolute minimum possible to s- before we lose people, rather than doing things because we think they're the right thing to do and we are proud of the work we're doing. And I feel like release notes kind of goes into a similar thing, right? Um, sure, maybe not a lot of people do care, but the ones that do, they will appreciate it. Also, for yourself, I mean, a lot of people put a lot of work into those updates. Uh, I mean, assuming people put work into those updates uh, with the the updates becoming more and more ambiguous, who knows? Maybe it's just a real re-release of the same thing again um but assuming that people do put a lot of work into those updates i feel like it's a nice way of of kind of acknowledging what kind of things made it into each release i feel like if you're in a at all in a situation where you know i mean some companies are so large they might not even be able to keep track of all the things that did change but if you're at all in a team where where you have a couple of people working hard on on features that they i mean they were important enough for the people that built them to spend 40 hours a week at least on on building them. So I feel like the the minimum we can do is to acknowledge them in the release notes that those features are now out and shipped. I, I feel like we shouldn't optimize for release notes have no no monetary value directly. So that's let's skip that. Yeah, no, I yeah, definitely I agree. agree. I think... I think it does tell a little bit more of a story about the company and about what they are, what they are doing. And I think it's nice to, if you're interested and like that app, it's nice to get an insight into, into sort of what, what people have been doing on and what they're focused on. And like maybe there are more things than what's in the release notes that's actually in the release, but it's nice to see what the team valued. And I think, uh, it does add some delight. And if you actually read it, I think, I think, uh, it's usually enjoyable if, if it has more, uh, personality uh, in, in the release notes. and it's weird right I, this attitude of of optimizing for for doing the least that doesn't lose us customers um, yeah. I mean I said the other day it's <laughs> like restaurants wouldn't do that right you're not trying to make food that is just not disgusting enough that you're you're not requesting a refund you if you have a restaurant you want to make make food that's delicious that people like you're not trying to to skim out so much on ingredients that that the chicken is not actually made from chicken it's actually something that is that we kind of found but people don't complain so i guess we keep serving that and and the salad is it was free because otherwise it would have been shredded i, I feel like that's um yeah not really I don't understand. This this is something that wouldn't happen in a lot of other industries, but in in tech, it's kind of sometimes uh, companies say, "Hey, as long as we're not losing people, it's good enough." And I don't think that's that creates the world and and delightful technologies yeah. that we want. Yeah, and I think that's the same within apps too. You have certain things that would uh, create a delight for the users. Like I think if you have a small, cute animation, if if an error appears or something like that, can be a really nice thing. Or like if you look at something like Overcast. 
um, Overcast actually has this small um, timer that you can, or like a like a sleep timer when the podcast will end. So you can set this and it will actually indicate the actual time. And I think that's a really cute thing that this logo actually symbolizes something in real life. And it's this small thing. And I think Marco Armand spoke about this on um, Under the Radar as being something that most people won't notice. But the people who do notice, they're really happy about those things. And I personally feel like seeing that is really showing that like it shows Marco's personality through the app. And it really... Um, it, it makes me happy to use it. That it, it's it's nice to see that people thought of something more than the minimum. And but it's also f- for the people that work on it, right? It's if you have all the freedom you have, you want when you work on something, you you do put nice things in in because that is something that you think you would appreciate, something that you like to work on, even though it doesn't make more money, even though it doesn't uh, increase uh, user growth by 50% or it cuts uh, acquisition costs by 20%, right? You're not doing that for monetary values. You're not doing that for for anything, but it's it's a fun thing to do. You enjoy it. You enjoy your day at work a bit more. You, you're more proud of what you build. You're more excited about what you build. And yeah. the future people that do care they 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 will notice it and and be happy why isn't that something that is also an a an acceptable goal i feel like we're we're we shouldn't we shouldn't not um we shouldn't not do things just because they don't have a direct number attached to them yeah i think it's the same like easter eggs in uh, in video games i think it's something that people are very happy when they find but most people won't find it and that's mm-hmm. okay and I mean, I think that's also, uh, we're a lot more attached to media, like we're a lot more, people get a lot more attached to TV shows and to movies and fans, they do notice Easter eggs and those kind of things, right? And then that makes you feel more appreciated as a fan because you know you care, you notice things because you care and the people that made the thing you like, they put the effort in of putting those things in for you to notice. So I feel like it's it's a nice circle of of good feelings. Um, but we, I think we should have more of that in apps. I think that would uh, be overall a net net positive for the world, even if it's not a net positive for for the bottom line at all points. Yep, I agree. Which it the- might still be. It might it might still turn into that, but that shouldn't be the only reason we're doing it. Yep, and little things add up as well, and people notice it, as you said. So mm. I agree, but yeah, I just wanted to see if you were of the opinion that release notes don't matter because I think that's a valid point to hold as well. But um, but yeah, no, I'm definitely in the, the same camp as you that they are important. No, I think I think if you have that if you have that viewpoint, you're you're a terrible person. You're just evil. <laughs> <laughs> Go away. <laughs> but it's also, I mean, I, I might be weird, but I'm like whenever I, I mean, I have an excessive amount of apps on my phone, but I'm I'm kind of looking forward. Uh, like sometime during the morning, I I check the app store and see what kind of uh, updates there are, and then I see the the ones that say we made minor bug fixes and improvements. I'm like ugh, and then there are some that actually put some effort in, and I look. Let's see what's new. And sometimes there are things I might wouldn't have noticed otherwise, right? So if there's an app that I use a lot, but I, I kind of am settled in the way I'm using it, and to add a new feature, I wouldn't have noticed because I would have just kept using the app the same way I've always used it. But if I seen the release notes that they have a new way of, I don't know, scheduling an appointment, I might try it and, and learn new things and learn new ways of using the app that I really like. So I feel like there's also a lot of value in it for me, even as a person that is quite technically interested in and i would say uh, relatively technically capable uh even for me there there are values in seeing that and being able to then improve my my usage of that app 
how how is that not a thing to to be excited about yeah no, definitely yep yeah so nice logo <laughs> <laughs> uh. um also why why did zach uh zach no that's not a company slack is the company <laughs> um i i don't understand <laughs> why they why they have a like an external agency to to make a design for them mm-hmm. you know i mean it's like they do have they do have designers they do design other things why is there a tendency at the moment or maybe for a long time but i know it's a lot more recently that we go for to external agencies for things that are super essential to to the, to to the The, the entire product and business it's a weird it's a weird thing to do to me if i have something like if like slack and wouldn't i want the people that work there and that are excited about a product and excited enough that they joined that company for potentially years full-time as designers to design the thing that is now the outwards facing symbol for for what we're building isn't that also a thing that would make yeah. people more excited and more engaged in what you're building rather than just yeah. going to to what are they called pentagram yeah and make them pentagram. design some I, have you seen all right i didn't <laughs> want to talk about that but i guess now we have did you see some of the icons that they designed as alternatives uh, before you go into this i just want to say that i also think like if you hire an external agency i would think if you're a person working as a designer at slack It would be a little bit... I would think that's a little bit frustrating because I think it's something that they are working on all the time. And like you said, Kai, I think they know the app the best and the product the best. And I think they probably had great ideas. And I think it can be frustrating for a person who works internally to then know that your ideas were not picked up. You rather went with an agency. And I don't know why companies tend to do this. Mm. I, I just posted a picture in the uh, in our Discord channel and I also put it in the show notes or, or a chapter mark. Uh, image um can you see that zach sure can have you seen that before yes um so this is essentially um for i think i guess technically um seven alternative designs that pentagram uh suggested during during the uh development of the logo and uh they kind of have it in uh in like a segment pentagram has an entire blog post i will also link that about um uh the work they've done with slack and how they ended up at the logo they did And so one of the segments is uh, where they're talking about that the designers explored possibilities for a new identity. And <laughs> I mean, I, I always feel bad about being negative about other people's work, but hands down, it's <laughs> it's probably the seven worst uh, examples or su- suggestions for a new Slack logo I could imagine. I don't think I would have done as good of a job making horrible Slack logos if, if I tried to. Aww. It's just, what is that second last one? The, the Slack with the green ad sign yeah. in the name? That is not a logo. I know, I know. I don't get and the emoji the, uh, one. How can you put an emoji in a box and I call that an app that icon? Too. No, but I was wondering, <laughs> even are they even allowed to do this? Yeah, they're probably it's not. an Apple emoji. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. an it's Apple like one, exactly. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure this, this entire project cost millions of dollars because of course they do um so how can you think <laughs> to charge millions of dollars for a redesign for an and one design? of your top seven suggestions that you're proud enough to put on your post of alternatives <laughs> do you just straight off 
copied, not even copied probably, just hit uh, control command space and pasted the waving hand emoji. And yeah, but said, also... Here you go, there's a logo idea. Also the at sign, it's it's an at sign. It's just an at sign on a gra- green background. It's not even seeming to be like an icon. It's actually <laughs> just using the, f- the the same font. Obviously, they, or they probably had their own custom font for it, but... Uh, still <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not it's not it's not it's not desi- revolution <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not even decent i would say i i think this is i i mean i i don't understand why would you show theft as one of your logo examples i do think that's very sad. i do like the style with the slack with the two semicolons yeah, yeah that's i, I think right. that's quite nice but the waving hand is not really there I, i'm not sure if they're allowed to use that <laughs> yeah that is shocking and the top right one the the kind of weird I don't know, Connect 4 type logo. What is that? <laughs> it's like, uh, all of those are kind of weird. I guess the, the the third one is somewhat all right. The colors are yeah, weird. Yeah, I think but the third one. But about the second one? Do they have that one already? Is that the old Slack logo? It looks so similar. Yeah. Because no. it's basically the hat, but it's not No, the first straight. one's original, right? I like, the ha- I like the second one too. Yeah, but I think the second and the third are the closest alternatives yeah. to the original one. But yeah, the second one's pretty good. Personally, if I'm looking at these as the only options, I would be going with the second one. But yeah, yeah, because it looks very much like the other one. But <laughs> yeah, then you may as well yeah. not redesign your logo in the first place. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. But but I, when I saw that, I was shocked. And I mean, it it feels a bit. I don't know. This I mean, is this yeah. is a trick I would deploy because I'm I I'm not a good designer. So I just show you an ad sign. I'm like, you can pick a the weird ad sign. Or or the the other one, and then 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 uh, because I I didn't have time to actually make alternatives, so I just picked one that I actually spent <laughs> spent a lot of time on, and it's still not not great because I'm not a good designer. And I show you one that's just outright terrible, so you pick the one that I think is it's at least passable. Um, I don't know if that was the strategy here, but I, yeah, I I don't. Well, know. it worked. <laughs> yeah, but that, that jokes was, on them. To me, that was just I don't understand. I I would I would not want to put that on my website as an alternative. <laughs> I wouldn't say, look, we designed horrible things. That that's kind of what came out of it. One is just straight up stolen from Apple, but we think Apple's pretty decent at making emojis, so good on them. Yeah, that was weird. Anyway, I I think in general, um, not a huge fan of of. Um, kind of. I mean, we, we we've probably all been in environments too where where work that should have been done internally was for some reason decided to do externally, mm-hmm. and then the results we saw coming back were exceptionally disappointing. <laughs> but at least it cost millions. Um, so I'm I don't know. It's just a uh, a thing that I noticed a lot at the moment, and I just feel uh, again seems like a net loss. People that work internally as designers are probably not happy that they're being just uh uh over overruled by some some weird agency financially it doesn't sound like a smart decision because paying your designer per per year is is probably cheaper than paying some external agency and i mean realistically and also for the identity of the people working there having something that's actually been yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they voted for this internally, at least. Like, maybe people did have an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, the one with the, the ad sign was the runner. <laughs> <laughs> no, but maybe people were more involved than we think. But I just think it's more. It's probably better for the team if the if it's a team effort to make this to yeah. make this type. I of I mean, logo. that's the thing, right? If you if you work somewhere, being proud of what hmm. you're doing and and doing the things that you're 
that you're there to do is is part of of your job satisfaction and just ripping that out and making someone who i mean from some of the logos it appears like they pentagram is not a heavy user of slack either or whoever was involved there uh so yeah it's a bit uh, not a not a big fan of of that i don't understand i don't understand i would really like to know what kind of i'm sure i mean again they have smart people sure there was some kind of decision progress process that led to the decision to let some agency build that for them instead of doing it themselves i would just really like to know what that is because to me it feels like a net loss for everyone involved i mean the, the, as i said icon is all right and not what i would have been going with but it's it's i don't know it might also have been something that they didn't want people to who are quote biased to actually go in you mean biased as in people that devote the majority of their their waking hours yeah towards those it? people yeah yeah Maybe maybe they wanted people who have a, I guess, an outside look on it because they are the people, because they are people who are not in the company that will end up actually seeing this icon and using this icon. So maybe they wanted someone who yeah. has that. Yeah, it always turns out well if you have people that have no idea about yeah. what they're working on to, to design it. Yeah, yeah. That, that seems plausible. <laughs> I'm not saying this is a good reason. <laughs> I'm saying maybe that was one argument behind yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, anyway, we we weird to me that kind of construct of of dealing with those kind of things in that way but maybe i mean there was a lot of an, a big outcry so maybe that kind of shifts things probably not because people always complain about logos yeah people that's even complain gonna be about the excuse logos. people are gonna say yeah people always don't like changes like that's pretty much it yeah 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 but and i mean that's the, I, I do think that's legit too i think both things can be true i do think this can be a bad icon and uh, people don't like change. Yeah, but realistically, I think we can move away from this as, as a as a society and focus on other things that might be more important. I think we should probably not spend as much energy as we do on logo changes. Uh, I think we've been talking a bit too much about this, but it's not about <laughs> the logo change itself. It's about the approach that of how to change the logo. Yeah. I think that's more it. I don't really care I about care. how the logo looks like. Um, I think it's more... I just think... You should listen to people and you should add the lights into your show, not show notes, into your uh, release notes. <laughs> show notes too, if you have, yeah, if you have any. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But let's move on to, to lighter hearted topics. Um, I think the next one is religion followed up by politics. <laughs> and I think we lost Zach. Hello. Ah. I'm back. I just <laughs> okay. don't care about Slack's new icon. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but Z you do care about religious. Let's get started. Uh, wow. Well, um, maybe no. Zach was maybe Zach was the one designing the ad ad uh, logo <laughs> suggestion, and he feels oh. in incredibly uh, uh, insulted now. Look, they paid me but. millions to do that. If I slip you a few hundred thousand, will you not call me out on on it? <laughs> the ad the ad logo one was the best one in the bunch. Love the love the icon. Uh. Yeah. Anyway, that was that was my rant for the week. Yeah. Let's I'm, see. Let's see how the rest of the topic. <laughs> yeah, let's find the next one to rant about. Uh, I'm 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 trying to. Did you tweet while we were recorded? I had to. Of course. We were talking about at Logos Kai. What was he going to say? <laughs> Wait, why are you checking Twitter while we're recording? Um, because we get notifications for it. No, no. I, I was just on a Pentagram website and I tried uh, to find my uh, the show notes document, but I have 
I don't want this to disclose. This sounds like an excuse. I don't want to disclose how many tabs I have open, <laughs> but the number is larger than five, and hence I got lost for a minute. A minute? You must have many tabs open. <laughs> to be fair, I tabs. also changed my Twitter bio while we were recording, so... Oh, what did you change it to? Music critic, oh, remember? The thing. Oh, you changed it now? My new oh. profession. Yeah, yeah, that's I why I asked I you to hold up a second before. while I was changing it. And, oh. Know, gotta let the oh. people know that I have changed jobs. And okay. I now go to gigs on Friday night and review bands and will happily <laughs> review any band that gives me a free ticket. No. <laughs> yeah. Next time they can fly us in though. That, that yeah, would have been absolutely. next step up. So if you, if you want to, uh, if you want to uh, exceed what Atlantic Pacific, Pacific Stand Atlantic, Atlantic. Atlantic. No, Still, yeah. Jesus, you're not doing book. <laughs> no one will ever fly you in. If you want me to get your band, I'm right. <laughs> fly me to one of your concerts. Um, anyway, that was weird. Let's move on. Why do we have AirPods in here again? <laughs> I don't know. Because there were rumors about AirPods coming oh, yeah. up. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's true. New AirPods. Woo, March. Woo. Yeah, so I just want to put this in here and say, woo, new AirPods. And uh, I'm probably not going to buy any AirPods until March. It doesn't really make sense. But it's so annoying having... Um, I know this is a very small problem, but I have a cable hanging from my ears. It's very frustrating. <laughs> oh, painful. <sighs> I know. But the microphone is a lot better in the wired headphones than the uh, wireless headphones, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Are you recording through that today? No. So, that, that's a plus. <laughs> oh, <is it laughs> wow. That bad? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe you're going to be like, it's really a lot better. Have you noticed any difference, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's just that I can actually talk to people on my way to work through okay. my headphones now. I don't have to hold my phone. So that's quite nice. Um, yeah, that's good. But yeah, it's it's still still annoying to have a cable hanging around. But what can you do? Yeah, wait till March. Yeah, we'll that's what I'm going to do. Exciting. That's what you can do. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Speaking of other things that Apple is releasing, why does it say iPod Touch in our show notes? Because Apple oh. are going to maybe release a new iPod Touch. Are they actually? Apparently. So, according to this 9to5Mac uh, article, uh, some oh, references add, to did a Did you add new, an article? Yeah, yeah, there's an article there. Man, so, some references to organized. a new iPod Touch were found in the iOS 12.2 beta software, uh, along with a few iPads, which I think none of us care about iPads. At least one of us cares about the iPod Touch. So, I added the iPod Touch one to our show notes. Um, <laughs> I don't really have anything to say, but I, like, I guess it'll probably have like a fingerprint reader and it'll be like have a modern processor. Um, it's Do cool. you think this I, is potentially a way for them to have a cheaper device that's meant for kids more? Uh, possibly, like, for example, yeah, because yeah? it felt like that was something people used iPod Touches for before, and now the lineup is so expensive for mm. you to get to like children. I think. Yeah, you can't buy your kid an eighteen hundred dollar phone. Like, it's just not practical. Yeah, I mean, it's also an iPod Touch is quite a decent gaming iOS device. I mean, Apple always struggles with, with the gaming aspects, but in general, um, I do think in an iPod Touch is quite a good way of having some type of mobile gaming. Um, so maybe that is also a factor to, to kind of have a device that's a bit cheaper for people that like to play games, but don't necessarily need a $1,500 phone. Yeah, absolutely. They were really popular when I was in like early high school, I think. I think everyone had an iPod Touch and, and they had a second... Like, I had a phone, but it was, like, a $50 Nokia phone. And everyone had their iPod Touch as, like, their main communication you say and games to it. Yeah, Nokia. Really? That's how you pronounce it? I thought it was Nokia. Where did I get uh, that from? 
Is that an American uh, thing? I, I could be wrong. I don't know. Everyone in Australia pronounces a Nokia, I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's how you do it in Swedish too. But oh, okay. Mm. Don't know. Mm. Cool. Yeah. So people, why was that? Was that because the phone itself was so expensive? Well, I don't know. It was kind of, I think parents were reluctant to buy expensive phones for their kids because the kids are young and you know, might lose and break things. And the phone is the thing that goes with you everywhere. But I guess every, like it's okay to have an iPod at home and you use to play games and you can talk to your friends on that, but it kind of stays at home. So it's the valuable thing that you keep at home and probably mm. won't lose. Um, but that was when, this was when I was younger. I know a lot, a lot has changed because I think kids these days have like iPads and also kids at like early high school have like phones, like iPhones and stuff like that yeah, these days. Yeah. Like parents aren't cheaping out, but I, don't I guess know. it might be hand-me-downs. Yeah, also Maybe. quite possible. Um, but, you know, still, like, even if a kid has an iPhone 6 and they're 14 years old, it's a pretty good phone for a 14-year-old. Um, hmm. yeah. So, would you see, like, it now when you actually have actually have an iPhone, would you see a use for this? Maybe as a development device. I probably wouldn't buy one. I have bought almost all the iPod Touches in the past. I think the only iPod Touches I didn't own were the first and the third generations. Um, and I, I did sort of buy the last couple as development devices but i don't think i would get this one uh if it came out they are quite good to have around if you want something to install betas on and things like that but also betas are a bit more stable these days and i think if i was doing that uh, like beta development i'd probably just chuck it on my main phone as i have done in the past and move on with my life and hope that nothing goes <laughs> wrong um but i guess also thanks to like everything being stored in the cloud these days, it is a lot easier to restore phones if something goes wrong. Whereas back in the day, it was more of a big deal. And, you know, you used to have to make sure you had a recent iTunes backup and it was a whole thing. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, would be interesting. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm just surprised that um, after all those years, we still have iOS betas that leak new product and then find. I know, but it feels like it's always the one... What was it? 12.3. That's always the one. The point three tend to always leak things. 12.2. 12.2. It tends to be like this time of year, there's always something new coming Yeah, it's out. just before the event. So that's, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I'm sure 12.2 runs on whatever prototype devices uh, Apple's using. Yeah. Or, I mean, I guess they're way past prototype phases, but what the, uh, mm. whatever, whatever verification whatever. units they're using at the moment. Mm. But... I'm still surprised that it still always goes into the public betas. Yeah. I wonder if we'll see a time where, where that is not happening anymore. But um, but based on these software leaks, it looks like there will be a March event with a bunch of new hardware, probably including AirPods and maybe AirPower and a few other things. So I mean, yeah. that would also make... Is it rumored that the iPod would be out then too? I mean, it's in this beta, so it's not yeah. unlikely, right? Yeah. I mean, then it, it feels like that would make sense to have AirPods... And a new a new iPod Touch and mm -hmm. maybe something like over ear um, wireless headphones as well. Ah, I forgot Apple fit, supposedly working together. on those. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. But I'm surprised. It feels like this uh, iPod Touch has very much been going under the radar. I feel like no one really predicted this to be a thing that ever will be released again. So that's interesting to to. I wonder how many people care. <laughs> Yeah, especially, yeah. I do think no matter what, it will be interesting, though, because according to um, to this article and to Steve's tweet, the um, all the new devices will not have Touch ID or Face ID. Mm. 
Really? Or, oh, really? Uh, no, I, I think it's only the iPod Touch, actually. The iPod Touch won't have Touch ID or Face ID. How? What? So that, that I think, is That's at weird. least interesting to... I mean, that might be a, a plan to bring cost way down. So there's no... Yeah. There's only a passcode way of unlocking your device, I guess. But um, that kind of feels... That's why my my thought was kind of going towards gaming because you wouldn't have like a pin code on your on your Nintendo Switch or something like that. Yeah, and that would also help with something like um, ARKit because I feel like that's something... There are many devices that are cheaper devices now that don't have access to ARKit or uh, aren't enabled to use ARKit. Mm. Uh, so this would help with that if someone wants to actually just... Uh, play those type of games if ARKit is actually going to be picked up. Yeah. That Might be interesting. Might be super boring. Who knows? But Or it could be something if... Um, this is very, very much of a guess. But right, uh, I mean, ARKit is something that we've been thinking should be applicable to some other type of um, hardware device for a while now. We think that just <laughs> so holding... So you put the iPod Touch in front of your face? Exactly. Maybe <laughs> there's something like a, a wearable, like, like you know, like the, what is it called? Like the cardboard sort of thing. So like Google Cardboard is basically this thing that you put your phone in and then you strap this piece of cardboard around your face. There might be something like that, just like a easier type of headset thing that you can use ARKit with and this might be their way of tapping into that for like a younger market. I don't know. Did any, does anyone actually use that? I mean I always see them in different company release them but I've never heard of anyone actually continuously using them. I've heard of people buying them and then playing with them once. Yeah. But is there actually a market for that? I don't know but it might actually. And I mean <laughs> resolution is still, I mean you need an an immensely high resolution for this to look uh, acceptable Pat at all. Kai, they're putting a piece of cardboard around their face. <laughs> I don't think the, I don't I mean, think the I, quality is I don't. High. I don't mind the cardboard, right? I don't mind... That wouldn't be for me... Uh, I'm not looking at the cardboard. I don't care what I know, it is. but what I'm saying is that this might be a cheaper alternative for whatever is to come. And it might be something for people to be able to start developing this type I don't of software. We're, we're close enough to, to head-worn devices that... I think we're still quite some time away from that. Yeah, maybe. And realistically, this would probably have been something that came out a bit earlier than if Apple thought this was a market to tap into. Mm. Because it's nothing that limited them from releasing this type of device. I don't think they would wait for an iPod Touch in order to do to release a headset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think so either. Um, just yeah. going out on a limb. Just a, just a guess. Um, I said it. So if the, if it happens, uh, which I don't think it will, uh, I said it. Yeah. Yep. You're, you're, you're <laughs> I should say more things in order to predict <laughs> predict the right stuff. Yeah, if you just man manage to say everything by the time, <laughs> then you'll get... Uh, you've said everything. Yeah, it would be good. <laughs> good strategy, Mullen. Thank Makes you. for great podcasting, too. <laughs> Huh. It's so great podcasting. We lost Zach again. <laughs> I think Zach I'm wants never to talk lost. about Xcode 10.9. No, no. 10.9? Whoa. What no, were you <laughs> Oops. Oops. We're not supposed to yeah, talk Mullen, about that. that. that is ah. I, I took my glasses off in order to read what, <laughs> in order to not get a headache, but I can't really read our show notes. I think Zach wants... Or remember which Xcode version we're at. <laughs> remember which Xcode version you guys are at. <laughs> Um, Wait, does 10.9 have support for these AR glasses? Is that where you're getting it from? Um, so I think we wanted to talk about the Slack logo a little bit more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh. Huh. 
Are you actually using uh, Xcode 10.2 yet? Uh, I'm not. So since it came out, uh, so should, yeah, we should note that Xcode 10.2, iOS 12.2, and Swift 5.0 hit beta this week, um, which is cool. <laughs> Everyone will um, know that. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, I'm not using Xcode 10.2 because, well, it came out on Friday and I was at work. So, by the time I downloaded it and all that, I was back home. Um, and I'm working, <laughs> my current side project is like I'm finishing up a release for, for Petty and I kind of do want to test, like, build and running on the, you know, versions of the simulator that the app will be running on when it hits the App Store. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'm conscious of using betas when I'm in that release state. Um, so no, I'm not using it. I have it downloaded and all that. And I did a build for funsies, I guess. Uh, and I pretended to, or not pretended I actually did upgrade the code to Swift 5.0 and that went pretty seamlessly. Um, but I'm not using it for, for day to day development yet, at least. Uh, how about you? Uh, no. <laughs> no, sorry. Not yet. It's still a bit early, isn't it? Like beta one. It's also, I mean, I, I kind of work on server side Swift stuff and uh, I don't really, there's no point in, I mean, there are a lot of things that probably would need to be converted to Swift 5 and I don't want to do that. Um, all the stuff will be released with older Swift versions. So there's no no real point in that at the moment. I've downloaded it though, mostly to send you a screenshot of, of how fast our internet connection is. Oh yeah, I got that. That's brutal. <laughs> um, I was downloading um, it on pretty fast internet for Australian standards, but you know, it was still like a tenth of the speed of yours. So <laughs> whatever. Yeah. No. But it's I, I I'm I'm actually I, I spend a lot of time in Xcode uh, in or every day for the last few weeks and I'm I'm really happy with it. I mean, we do complain about what a are you lot happy of with Xcode, Xcode, and in general Apple's developer things. Um, I mean, we do complain a lot about Apple's products, but I feel like I'm I'm actually growing more and more fond of Apple's developer tools and developer the developer side of 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 their their projects. Um, I really enjoy working in Xcode because my my previous as uh, um, Backend projects were kind of in in something like uh, Node or or PHP. So now being able to do a lot of things in Xcode kind of sparked uh, uh, a lot of enjoyment again. So yeah, yeah, just just use something that's even worse, and then you. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. I, I really like Xcode too, and I think we've been talking about that. Kai, it feels like Xcode is really starting to get very stable, and there's so many nice niceties. For example. Ah, I lost the name. Um, so, for example, if you run something, uh, if you're updating uh, your UI elements in a background thread, you actually have... Yeah, the thread um, sanitizer. Thread that sanitizer. is really nice. That is so nice. Like, I really, really like this in Xcode. Um, so, I think there are this, this starts to become a really, really nice tool. And I think um, this is probably the best Xcode version I have ever used so far. Um, yeah. so but it's I'm, also, I don't know, like the just the... the um, uh, command shift o open dialog mm-hmm. i just i just really enjoy using that now it's it's indexing really nicely I, if i want to jump to any classes you can really quickly jump there if i have two things that do similar things or want to use a different class as a reference you can do a command shift o start typing the na- name hold the option key and hit return and then it opens it in the assistance editor so you can have them uh, next to each other i just i feel like i'm i'm really at a point where where I'm really enjoying using Xcode, and I, 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 I mean, Swift tool chain was a bit flaky for a long time, but now I, I 
don't really have source kit crashes. I don't think I've had source kit crashes in in a month or so. Uh, so all of that works really nicely, and I just thought it's it's a nice counterbalance. Now when we're complaining about a lot of things that Apple does, I just also want to mention that I really enjoy their their development tools at the moment. I agree. I mean, it's been a while since the last Xcode update, and it's not like we were crying out for a new one. So I don't think there's anything that's too bad with Xcode, and it's uh, it's continually getting better, which is nice. Um, hmm. I know the last couple of WWDCs have actually been pretty big for Xcode. Uh, I remember thinking Xcode 9 was huge, and then walking out of WWDC last year and thinking Xcode 10 is probably even bigger. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that means it'll be a slower year for Xcode, but we are expecting plenty of other things. So... Uh, should be should be good one way or another. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really think it will be a small year for Xcode either. I do think be, just because there's so many developer tools that we're kind of expecting, like anything that's part of the ARM uh, transition, anything that's related to Marzipan, those kind of things will need a lot of Xcode work as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm, true. I'm, I'm, I would expect. I mean, and this entire thing. Uh, about the declarative, uh, was it declarative UI uh, language? Mm, All of those yeah. kind of things. Just, I mean, I don't know when they're coming. What was but the it, declarative UI language again? Isn't that the uh, declarative? Is that for Marzipan? Um, yeah, during during the Marzipan rumor phase, uh, Gruber had like an article talking about that Apple's uh, working on some declarative UI stuff. Okay. Um, and an entirely different way of describing describing ui and that that can potentially be used to to build cross apple platform stuff in in a more deliberate way than marzipan that's more of a even a more deliberate way yeah i mean marzipan is kind of like this is what it looks like on on an ipad here you get the same thing on Mm. on a mac so it it would probably be a replacement for something like size classes (laughs) or it would maybe utilize size classes i don't know i i think it's more to to bridge the gap it's been a while that I looked at it, but my at least what settled in my mind as what I thought it would be, so I might be completely wrong, is that it's more bridging um, interaction gaps. So on on I don't know on iOS you might have a date picker to to select a date, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah, on on macOS you might have a more macOS native way of inputting okay. dates. Um, and those kind of things like touches and clicks and and kind of bridging all the the different ways you would interact with the ui rather than just um having copying one ui and make it to make it somehow work but that's kind of what it settled as in my mind so i might be completely wrong but that seems sensible to me yeah yeah Oh, that feels like a lot of things in in the next code release. I don't think I don't. <laughs> I mean, as we said, right? Um, I don't think all of this will make it into one thing. Mm. So I I I have um, I'm quite excited about developer tools this year. Mm, me too. So maybe maybe actually most excited. I do I do really think and it's like you're using it. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. We use it every day. Yeah. And I mean, it's also, it's some of the tools that are really, really strong macOS tools. And I, I probably say that. And now at this dub dub, we'll see. I mean, it, it, that's something I'm a little bit concerned on. What if there are a lot of updates that could potentially damage a really good product? And you have to be careful if uh, to not to release everything at once, because that could actually make but it I don't, I don't harder to use. But I don't expect everything to be released at once, yeah. right? It's more, it's for me... Xcode is the pro tool. I mean, there's Logic, Xcode, and a few other ones, but they're kind of the group of the pro 
apps that I'm using on my Mac and that I really enjoy using on my app, uh, on my Mac. So anything that kind of improves that, I mean, it's kind of like reading show notes. As I said, I, I do like improvements to mm. things that I use a lot. Of makes sense right? yeah, because yeah. i use them a lot so of course i want them to get better so at the moment xcode takes a lot of time so that's what i'm most excited about makes sense mm. Mm. does anyone care about titan <sighs> no i don't no does anyone care about apple watch subscription i'm intrigued uh, don't you get it I came up with a great name for Apple's uh, TV subscription. Uh. <laughs> oh, it's called Apple Watch. Oh, nice. <laughs> Apple Watch. I know. I love it. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I know. It's actually it's a little bit like Apple Play, Apple Watch. I think it would fit really well, but I don't think they can use this. I, I heard that name might already be taken by someone else. Really? Um. I, I can't think of of what. No. That's the name you would get if you would have an external agency come up with a name for Apple's new TV service. Oh, <laughs> brutal! <laughs> I mean, it's not. It, as I said, it's not a bad name. It's just uh, if you don't know what other products Apple makes. All right, you hear, heard it here first. Uh, Apple Watch <laughs> subscription coming to your Apple TV <laughs> in March. Uh. <laughs> okay. When when they actually announce that, we want royalties. <laughs> is is there actually topic to that or were you just excited about just the name ex- you I was mostly excited about the name uh, <laughs> come on that's our best we topic talk- so far it's great. <laughs> we, we did mention this a bit earlier uh, I think in, in the last episode we spoke a bit about Apple subscriptions did we talk about this? yeah we talked about this as being a thing in um, in 2019 and I thought it was yeah. good to hear that some other people on podcasts also talk start talking about this and um, yeah it might actually be something that's sort of fits together with a March event like we spoke about before if you do something music related I think something um, something like this would also be sort of media related so it could fit well together Um, but that's I don't really want to get into a deeper discussion about this I mostly just want to mention the name (laughs) you wanted to share your uh, unlimited creativity yep uh, Zach, uh, you mentioned a while ago, uh, I don't even remember when, um, that you expected some kind of electric scooters to launch in Sydney at some point. Did that ever happen? Uh, not necessarily that I was expecting it because they are still illegal here and the fines are $2,200, I believe. But Lime introduced bikes. I think you're closer to 4000 Okay. Well, depends on depends on on your particulars, but uh, I mean, if you're a person without a driver's license, uh, I think you're more looking at four thousand ish. No, you mean with the driver's license, you get four thousand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because if you either way, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, you're driving electric. But anything that's not using gasoline, uh, you're you're screwed. <laughs> and on a bicycle, you're definitely hit by. Maybe by if you a stand car. on the scooter and pour some gasoline out behind you, you will be good. <laughs> that's a yeah. car. It's a motor. Woo, vroom, vroom. Yeah, that's the only acceptable way of transport. Yeah, no, no. But I probably mentioned this because Lime introduced their bikes, and mm-hmm. I believe they introduced scooters in Melbourne as well. Um, and oh, I really? Did you see any while you no, were there? No, I, I didn't. So maybe I just maybe I misread that. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, my point is, I'm kind of half expecting a company to come in with a bunch of share scooters. Um, a few guinea pigs will cop the fines, and then it'll make news, and then you know there'll be some laws brought in to allow for electric scooters to be ridden under certain conditions and 
things like that. So I'm I'm half expecting that to happen, kind of like the Uber mentality of sort of uh, do it first and the law will change later. Um, Have you met your government? They'll probably try and lock everyone up, won't they? Um, <laughs> but that's a, yeah. a story for another day. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I'm not expecting it as such, but I I could see it happening. Um, yeah. yeah. Why do you ask? Especially for Sydney, it would be like for inner city, like CBD travel, it would be so convenient. And especially a place like Sydney that has decent weather all year round. Yeah. It would just it would be such a good idea to have that. And oh, just I agree. Yeah. Let yeah. let those scooters share the bicycle lanes. I mean exactly. Sydney doesn't have an, an excessive amount of bicycle lanes. But I mean if if you wanted to if if it would be illegal on bicycle path and you restrict yourself to bicycle path, you would find a way to almost all the major spots somehow and it would still be faster than walking. Yeah. Well I think I've said to you before that my walk from uni uh, up to the bus stop where I, where I catch the bus home uh, is close to two kilometers, and that, mm. I, I'm fine to walk that. I, I quite enjoy the walk. It's a it's a nice walk through um, a nice part of Sydney most of the time. But there are some times where I am kind of in a rush to go home um, for mm-hmm. for various reasons. And the alternative at the moment is to walk to the train station, which is about ten minutes from uni. Get on a train to this the bus stop. And that saves about five minutes in a 25-minute trip. Like, it's not huge. But on a scooter, I've, I've taken some of the share bikes before and it can do it in, you know, like five to ten minutes all told by the time, you know, you unlock the bike and get on ride and all that. Um, so, a mm-hmm. share scooter, I imagine, would be a similar amount of time because it's not like I'm riding the bike super, super fast. It'd probably be very similar on a scooter. And it's slightly less effort because riding a scooter is easier than a, a bike. But the thing is, I wouldn't have to go on any public roads to do that. I can do that all through, like, paved parts of Sydney, um, mm. like tourist parts where people walk. No traffic lights to cross through. Um, so, like, that's a very valid use case, I think, for being able to ride an electric scooter, um, yeah, and, and not have to sort of impact traffic at all. And I think that's yeah. a like that sort of 20-minute trip is perfect for something like that. It does save enough time that it's worth it, and it's not so far that it's uncomfortable to be standing on the scooter the whole time. Yeah, and I mean, in general, I do think those kind of scooters are... I mean, we... I, I've had one when when we still lived in Sydney, hence my uh, familiarity with the fines attached <laughs> to that. <laughs> um, but it wasn't incredibly convenient. I mean, we, we didn't own a car. Um, in general, almost anyone I've met in Sydney did own a car, but we, we instead owned electric scooters. And almost everywhere we want to go, we could go by scooter. They have a decent range. They're they're fast enough that um, it feels like a significant improvement to walking. As in, if you want to go somewhere, it's just a convenient way of taking taking an electric scooter while walking. You might say, or you might decide not to go at all because it would be too long just for the commute there and back. Um, and I mean, it's 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 we we don't we don't congest any roads. Uh, it's it's. Almost, it's actually taking less space on on the bicycle path and on the on the um, sidewalks than a bicycle would. So uh, it's super convenient. You can take it if you go to a cafe. You can take it with you into a cafe. You don't have to worry about it being stolen outside. It's just really, really convenient. I think for cities, it's it's one of the most convenient um, transportation methods possible, um, especially if you have at all acceptable weather. Um, 
And I mean, it's also most large cities, even the ones that do have pretty good uh, public infrastructure, such as public transport, buses, at peak times, they're still incredibly full. And I'd much rather be outside and fresh air on my scooter um, than in some crowded bus that is at, at 30 degrees. You know, that's that's not a pleasant experience for anyone. And I was always very envious of your commute and thought it was way too cool to be riding scooters <laughs> or bikes or however else you got into the city. Yeah. Yeah. After, after the scooter fine, um, switch to, uh, electric bicycle because that was not illegal. Um, but it's also, I, I feel like you're a lot more present in, in the areas you're crossing because on a scooter, it's super easy to just stop, right? So sometimes when we see like an interesting cafe or a new thing opens up, we, 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 we saw that and we could just stop there and have a look what the cafe is like or what they're opening there or what's changing. So I feel like it's also good for, for the economy in, in those kind of parts because, I mean, you have a lot of pathways that are otherwise just like roads that people commute on. No one would stop. No one would try to find parking anywhere close to the city just to look what, what this new cafe might be like, right? But if you're, if you're on, an, on a scooter, you're a lot more present in the places you go to and stopping has almost no friction. Yeah. Or if you did try to stop in a car, it would be $20. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and I think that's why many cities starts to promote the type of like no cars, like car free streets. And I think that's uh, a really good idea. I think that's something that started to be promoted because they want people to actually walk through the shopping districts more and walk through the local suburbs and actually see cafes and be able to just have a more relaxed time when they are going outside it's not for the sake of like dragging people in but it's a lot more of a calm experience to actually be able to browse around and see what's around and uh, not just go to your starbucks every day actually be able to find new places and i think people are more aware of what's going of what's open around them if they don't have to have drive a car or if they don't have to be worried about being hit by a car while walking through the street so i think that's that's a pretty cool concept too and it's sort of similar fits in similar to like the mindset that people get into Hmm. And especially for people that live close enough to the city, it might, it could feasibly become your only mode of transport, uh, assuming you're you're in a place where weather is permitting and you're you're in a physical uh, state that you can stand on on a electric scooter for like ten twenty minutes. You you can cover quite a lot of range with those things, and they do have a decent enough battery that for any any kind of commute, any kind of movement you would do throughout a day. Uh, you you would easily get that, and if not, bring a charger and charge it wherever. You, I mean, unless you're, I don't know what kind of day you would have that you're constantly on the move. But as long as you have any place that has electricity for for an hour, thing is fully charged again. Uh, doesn't have any impact on air pollution. Doesn't have any uh, like I would like to live in a world where we have so many electric scooters that there is a uh traffic jam on a bicycle path. I think that that is a will to aspire to. <laughs> Maybe you should rearrange your streets then if you start doing that. Yeah, but I mean that's it's it's okay, right? If, yeah. If, I mean, you see, I mean, that it's in, a good problem in, to have. It, you see that in places like uh, the Netherlands, where they mm. have a lot of bicycle traffic, doesn't mean that you never run into other bicycles, right? The idea there is you you have a lot of people using using alternative methods of of transportation and then you have a lot of infrastructure around that so there are traffic lights and there are like uh, turn turn lanes and those kind of things roundabouts for bicycles you just you just build things doesn't mean you won't have people and doesn't mean it won't be congested at times but it's just like starting from a stop from a bicycle at a traffic light is just 
a lot less backing up. Also, you can have at the same space that you currently have one car standing, you can have like 16 bicycles standing. So even if, if it looks like it's a, it's quite a line, it's so much more efficient. You can transport so many more people to the same amount of public space with scooters and bicycles. Um, I think that's, that, that is just a sign of, you being able to to get a lot more people through through your city than you were before. So if anyone uh, is excited and is living in a place where scooters are legal and they don't have rental for those, uh, I can highly recommend a Xiaomi uh, M365 scooter. That's the, the my model of choice. Um, it's relatively cheap, has ABS, regenerative braking, reasonably fast, I think it goes 20 kilometers an hour. 25 i don't remember but yeah really i uh, was probably my favorite way of commuting the scooters have abs of course that's impressive i know it's wow. really good okay cool cool, cool. That's, mm. uh, that's you're convinced you're, you're sold already oh look i like the idea it's just not practical where i live and also not legal so. yeah i i'm sold on the idea though yeah, me too. I know how well bikes work in, I think you mentioned Amsterdam. Um, but yeah, I know how well bikes work there. And uh, it's a shame that Sydney isn't um, isn't any more bike friendly than it is. Uh, I know bikes are a lot uh, more friendly. Uh, sorry, Melbourne is a lot more friendly for cyclists. Um, one time. Oh, really? Well, yeah. So usually, I mean, usually I go there in like peak tourist season. But there was one time um, when I was in town, for the first time I went there for a conference and it was, you know, like work season and i was amazed in the mornings just how many people were cycling to work and maybe relative to other cities in the world melbourne is considered not very bike friendly but for a city in australia it's extremely bike friendly and the amount of bike lanes they have and the amount of people cycling to work it just it blew my mind um but yeah like i said compared to, compared to europe i'm sure it's nothing and compared to other places in the world but for, but for australia it's uh they're a bit more progressive in that sense anyway. Yeah. My, my biggest problem in, in Sydney in particular is just if you would bicycle on the road, you're dead in five minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think the average lifespan of a cyclist in Sydney is literally five minutes. <laughs> I mean, as a pedestrian, I, I, I felt like I was almost run over. I'm going on the sidewalk. Yeah. It's like, mm. uh, I, I don't even, I can't even imagine. So when I had an electric bicycle, I, I still would. I mean, we were lucky enough that we were living along the one of the only good new bicycle path um, into the city. So we could bicycle almost all the way from, from home to work uh, on a, on the bicycle path. But even when there weren't, I, I would, I would rather push the bike, like get off the bike and push it than, than be on the street. That was just uh, suicide. So I think that's, that's important too, to have infrastructure. And I mean, at some point you also go to a tipping point where where you have enough cyclists on the street that people learn and are being forced to accept that there are bicycles on the street i think if you have places like sydney where bicycling is not that popular that famous or not not that famous (laughs) that uh popular or that frequently used you have a lot more drivers that are not expecting there to be bicycles and then uh being upset because they made a mistake but people don't want to expect uh admit yeah. that they made I mean, a mistake it's the same, like with motorcycles i think you have more motorcycle accidents where there are few people driving motorcycles yeah. so because people are just not aware of it yeah so i think if you as soon as you hit like a critical mass i do think bicycling becomes more more pleasant even if no nothing else in the infrastructure has changed just because you hit that kind of peak where where people are aware that bicycling is a large part of 
what makes a commute. Also means you're usually more in groups on a bicycle. You're not by yourself at a traffic light, but there are like 10 other bicycles. So it's way easier to see a group of 10 than one single bicycle. So, yeah. Cool. Maybe even if the government refuses to, to do things about that, maybe just that slowly picking up over time might, might already do quite a lot for, for making bicycling more accessible. Vancouver has great bicycle paths too. If you if you wanna wanna just come here, <laughs> I tried to have one episode <laughs> where we're not telling uh, Zach that that Vancouver does things better. But can you cycle in Vancouver year round without freezing? Yes, you can. Amazing. If the definition <laughs> of freezing is freezing the, the, means the freezing. freezing means under zero degrees. We have not had under zero degrees. Yeah. Hey Siri, temperature in Vancouver. It's three degrees right now in Vancouver, Canada. Could you hear that? That's pretty close three, to freezing. Three degrees. It's pretty it's close. Freezing. Yeah, pretty but are you going to bicycle at 10 p.m.? What's wrong with you? How do you get home? <laughs> what, where are you? We wouldn't have a funeral for you if you were really close to being hit by a car. <laughs> what? We wouldn't? No. Well, why not? You, you, you said it's very close to freezing. <laughs> and I said we wouldn't have a funeral if Zach was really close to being hit uh. by a car. So. <laughs> oh. um, with that argument, let's move on to our stuff we like list. Ooh. No, what is it called? St stuff we like picks? Picks of the week? What do we end up I calling it, I named it, man. What did I name it? Let me look. I like that we didn't get to a single one of our topics. Our main topics, we didn't. We get hit to. almost all. Actually, all of the mini topics. No, all but one. Things of the week. There we go. I'm looking at the document. Things of the week. All right, let's talk about uh, our things of the week. Um, based on our document, Modern is the only one that doesn't have anything <sighs> standing there yet. So Modern should start. Uh, I think that's a bad idea. I think you guys should start. You don't have anything? Uh, I have something. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have something. All right, let's go. Um, but I have to look it up. Wait. Okay, then I start. Um, mine is easy. Um, mostly, uh, I, I can't believe I haven't, I, I haven't picked that before because it's probably one of the things that I'm most frequently in invoked on my Mac, and that is Alfred. Um, are either or both of you using Alfred? I used to use Alfred. I don't use Alfred. Oh, really? Do you use any other launch manager type thing? Nope, just Spotlight. Oh, really? Mm. All right. So Alfred is, is kind of like Spotlight. Uh, so you hit uh, command space and then start typing what you where you want to go. And uh, then whatever application you're using for that kind of helps you getting there. And the one I, like, I don't know, a few years ago, um, I used to use LaunchBar and then kind of Quicksilver and went back and forth between a few others. Um, but Alfred is the one that has, that's stuck for me now for years already. And I think it is, it is incredibly fast. It's, it's really reliable. It has a lot of, it, it kind of feels like Spotlight Pro, uh, in a lot of ways. So, for example, if you're, if you're trying to quickly open a, a, a PDF and you know what the PDF is called, you don't really have any like waiting period. So what you do is you hit command space and then you hit space again, which indicates to Alfred that you're looking for a file, not for applications, not for mails, not for anything else. You're looking for a file and then you start typing the name and it, uh, because it keeps an index, it will find your file almost, uh, 
I mean, it's it's we're speaking milliseconds, which is incredibly uh, uh, useful to me. So I'm uh, that's basically uh, the main way I navigate files. So I do have everything in nice uh, folder structures, but no one has time to go through that folder structure. That's the downside. The more of a folder uh, structure you have, the longer it takes to go through all of those. So I, I I use Alfred to quickly jump to files. I also use Alfred for my clipboard management. So I I've, I think that is probably in the last few years the the biggest things biggest thing that changed the way I'm using my Mac. Uh, are either of you using any clipboard manager? I used to. Um... I used to, what was it called? Pastebot? I used to use Pastebot, yeah. And I did like it, but I found it to be a little bit unreliable. It was just a bit sluggish, like a bit slow in the pasting. Pasting, yeah. Yeah. So I stopped with that. Zach, are you using anything? No, so I want to because about like five times a week, I think, oh man, would have been really great to have had a clipboard manager there because I just pasted, uh, copied something over what I um, already wanted. But uh, I'm half worried about like, privacy and stuff you know constantly having a record of the clipboard i don't know I sh- I maybe mean, i shouldn't be so what i really like about oh. alfred yeah uh, so what you have with alfred is uh, you have a fully featured clipboard manager it's it's really fast uh, you can give it rules so you can say hey only keep uh by by either by type so you can say for images only keep images for a day text keep for seven days or whatever you want to do um, you can also have exclusions. So, for example, I excluded uh, the Keychain app and 1Password and some other things um, completely from from Alfred. So, anything that you can... Ah, that, that would be huge to be able to exclude passwords. Exactly. So, you, you never have to worry about having a password left in there. And if I ever do, I don't know, I copy in an SSH key or, or something like that, that I don't, because I, I just set it up or something and I want to copy it and paste it somewhere, you can also just open Alfred and say clear. And it asks you, hey, do you want to clear for the last hour, for the last 24 hours or everything? So you, if you have something in the in the last hour, you set up a new server and you have a whole bunch of things you might don't want to keep in your clipboard history, you can just clear the last hour. So you still get the benefit of everything you copied before, um, but you kind of... Make made the last hour go away. So that that combination of being able to exclude certain things uh, from history and kind of having those uh, quick ways of getting rid of things you don't want to keep in there, plus them expiring after after a set time anyway, makes it incredibly useful. And I I can't really work on a computer that doesn't have that because it's constantly happening. I copy something, I copy the next thing, copy the third thing, go into an app, and then it's like ah, I only have the last one. Uh, or now with all the magic handoff clipboard sharing between iOS devices, you copy something on your Mac, you assume it's still there, you, you go to your phone, you copy something there, and now you no longer have the thing on your Mac. Yeah, It's a great feature, but sometimes it it uh, gets in the way, and Alfred just completely gets rid of that. And you can also say in Alfred whether you want to um, maintain the clipboard history from your iOS device or not. So you can say everything is copied from my iOS device, just add it to my history as you would do with anything else. Or you could say just ignore everything that comes from um, from from iOS devices. So yeah, uh, huge fan. I think if, if you at all want to give it a shot, I do think Alfred is from all the ones I tried, the one that behaves the, the least... Um, 
obtrusive because if you copy something directly from from um, Alfred's clipboard history, it pastes it directly. Some of the other ones I tried, they were kind of slow, or you paste three things in a row and missed one or something like that. So this one is just, uh, Alfred is just super reliable. You'll never notice it if you don't care, but the the, I don't know, four or five times a day when you do care, it's there and it saves you time and annoyance. So yeah, huge recommendation. Can't believe I haven't picked that before. I am downloading it now. I used to have it. And there you can go. try it for free. And if you want to use the pro features, then you have to give them money. Yeah, I have some bigger problems with uh, copying and pasting. I think my C button, uh, my C key is stopping to work. So that's fun. Hmm. So I can't really copy things. I have to push it. I have to push the button like five times before it's copied. <laughs> but that's a minor. Is this on a relatively new MacBook Pro? Yep. Mm. I'm just going to get some compressed air and fix it. We'll be fine. That's completely normal. It's a good mm, thing they include compressed air in the box, hey? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, no, that's a really good pick, Kai. And I think um, you inspired me to install it again. I think it's going to be gonna be really good. I think it's something I really enjoyed using before. And for some reason, I just never installed it on my new computer. So there we go. Hmm. Yeah, I have an entire uh, list of uh, Mac apps and utilities I'll pick over the next few weeks. Because I feel the okay. Mac, the Mac, Mac is still my favorite yeah. platform. So as much as I can uh, mention great Mac apps, uh, I, I should use that opportunity. Cool. So Zach, do you want to go n- next? Uh, I can go next. Sure. <laughs> Mine is so, still formatting text. Though, what? <laughs> I'm not formatting text. I wrote stuff. Okay. Okay. Still, Zach. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I am picking a book. In the spirit of doing things differently, like last week was a band and this week is now a book uh, called The Frustrated State. I'm Do you not- want a free one or something? Yeah. <laughs> I have bought it and read it, so a free one would not be of much use. But if someone wants to give me a media copy just because that's cool, why not? Uh, I would totally be willing to um, read it again, I guess. Just- anyway. Um, also, we don't have the book. Just well, saying. Well, time for mm. some media copies. Anyway. Um <laughs> Yeah, so it's uh, basically about the. If you want to understand a little bit more about how uh, poorly the Australian government has uh, dealt with technology and, um, you know, things like the NBN, so our national broadband network, um, like all those kind of things, uh, this book is a good sort of uh, read about all of those kind of um, failings, I guess. I guess I'm stating my biases there, but the book kind of goes into that anyway um i think this book would be it came out recently but i think it would be i don't think you would find anyone that would say australia's technology agenda was a huge <laughs> success yeah so if, you, if that's so something I, I don't interesting think you're going much of a limb there to say that it was failing yes um so if that at all interests you and i know we've spoken a bit about the assistance and access bill if that kind of stuff interests you and you know how the australian government can be so incompetent with these things uh this book is sort of a good uh, insight into what went on and i think this book it would either be perfect for this author to either update the frustrated state or to have a follow-on book talking purely about the assistance and access bill once we know a little bit more uh what's happening there i think the the first few months of this year will be telling but um i think i would have loved to to read more about by the same author about that uh, about that incident so sorry about that bill um so yeah i don't have much more to say uh because i don't really want to spoil 
what's in the book, but um, it's just very interesting. It's a very interesting read if that is uh, something that interests you at all. Does the author have any particular um, background in in government or policy, or is it just a person that's interested in the topic? Great question. I haven't done um, enough research into the author to be able to answer that. So then I will retract my question. <laughs> <laughs> the question is still... It can still stay there, okay? You know? All right, Marlin. Okay, let me pick something. Um, so, originally I added something here, and then Zach added a comment very quickly, and apparently it's already been picked. Um, but since I am looking into a lot of UI testing, um, I found this command that I wanted to pick. Um, I know this sounds boring to pick a command, and I think that's what's the disclaimer that Zach made when he picked the other thing I wanted to pick. Um so I came across this thing that you, um, this thing called um, XQ, XC, XCUI Siri Services or Siri Service. So this is basically a way for you to be able to test your Siri Kit commands, and I think that is really cool. Uh, so you can actually write UI tests and trigger something like uh, Siri commands. So you basically pass in a voice recognition text, and then that will test if your app responds to that command. And I think this is really cool because I think uh, testing something like Siri services and Siri Kit would be quite frustrating in an open, pla- uh, open, open. What is it called? Even an open office, like in a cubicle office, because I think like you you always have this one person testing voice commands, and you just really hear how frustrating it is. It, it, it can be a little bit annoying for the rest of the office because people are talking out loud to their devices. Uh, so this is a perfect way of getting around that. So you're actually gonna be able to test that your commands are working without having to talk to your phones. Um, so yeah, I thought this was cool. Um, Maybe we can add it in the show notes. It's basically just using the Siri services on the device um, and you pass in a string and then it tests that. So I I thought that was a really neat thing um, and very useful if you have an app that uses Siri. Yeah, this is awesome. Obviously, this is something I will go through more in my talk as well. Uh, so I cheated a bit here doing homework for two things, but it still stands. I think it's really cool. Oh, nice, nice find. Uh, I haven't seen anything. I mean, I obviously did a lot of research around Siri and stuff for the, the talk I did like six months ago. Haven't found anything about UI testing Siri. So this is actually really interesting. Um, so mm. thanks. Very useful. All right. Cool. Um, that's it, right? Yeah. I think, I think we're done. That, yeah. that wraps episode number 32. 31. 32? No, it's yeah, it's thirty-two. I just oh, changed. 32. It. I mean, <laughs> because we were off by it, we had had a wrong title on the this document. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That's me. Oh, that's fine. Thirty-two. All yeah, right, 32 we are episodes. twenty away from a full year. That's pretty crazy. Mm. Or just the right amount for RAM in your computer. I was telling someone how long it takes to edit the podcast, and they're like, "Why don't you just talk better?" <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh. Random stranger, that's what we always try to tell Zach to. <laughs>